Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Middle call! Hey, hey! Right, 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 right on time. Never late, guy. We we're on our own time. Hi, everybody. I'm Guy. That's John, aka Azuki. I can't. I can't change the name. It will not. It denies me. It says denied. I got a DM the other day. Someone said, "What's up with your boy?" On Twitter, and I said, "You can't change the name." I got hacked. Like why people? I'm not. I got hacked and I can't change it. It's like I, I don't have that much energy to keep attacking this problem. So I'm just going to be called the Zuki. Good vibes only, John, because Team USA beat Iran today as we record this. We are live on YouTube, by the way. It is Tuesday afternoon. If you're watching this YouTube, it's great to have you. Hit that subscribe button. Like this video, but hit that subscribe button. We really appreciate that. And uh, if you're listening to this podcast... You can also check out the YouTube if you haven't already. If you're listening, the YouTube link is down in the description, just like our podcast link is down in the YouTube description. Um, and, uh, yeah, give us some subs. Give us some subs. Thank you very much. Share it with your friends. Share it with your friends? You know, they call uh, that that win today was basically Iran's like the uh, Brazil of the Middle East. That was an enormous win. Iran is the Brazil of the Middle East. Yeah, it's that type of soccer power. Of the Middle oh, wow. East. And you could tell by and the eye test. Is the Ronaldo of America? Yeah. <laughs> Do you think to be a good skinny soccer player, you got to have that like arm sleeve? Just the one? Well, what was just single arm tat sleeve. Yeah. yeah. I think so. You know, he's in the hospital as we were recording this a couple hours after the game. They took him to the hospital. Jeez. <laughs> he gave it up on that goal, John, which honestly, the pass was incredible. The header pass across the middle. We were peppering the net before that, too. Uh, we had shots at the net that went way too high. Rockets. I feel like we don't have enough, like, like you watch the, the top teams play. Mm-hmm. You can always have that ball that ricochets off the foot that goes way too high. That that's that happens in soccer as just a three-week uh, soccer every four-year guy. Yeah. But we don't have enough just low liners where even if the goalie stops, it's like, that was a great look, you know, or the hooker shots that like Messi and Ronaldo and Beckham doing their sleep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We don't have a lot of the, the curvy, you know, like a Tiger Woods low punch draw. Yeah, I'd like banana, a little more of that. The banana boat. Yeah. I mean, banana that ball in there. I, I know I, um, I, I've heard from people that they, that they think our soccer analysis is very on point. I agree. Uh, um, I've heard that from a lot of people and um, I've been hearing from people, John, that our soccer analysis is is dialed. Uh, I think uh, Pulisic on the set pieces, John, seven seconds before he scored, I was rewinding to get video of his set pieces. His first corner kick sucked. His second corner kick uh, sucked. His free kick against Wales sucked. But then he scored. So I uh, I ixnade that uh, that video, that expo- the expose I was putting together on uh, Captain America. 
So yeah, it, it feels like our, our corner kicks are not. Again, I, I feel our loopy set, shots, yeah, set pieces too. You know. our, our loopy shots just need. We need to get better at these loopies, guy. Again, the, you're talking about two guys that dial in. Fresh perspective. Two, two, two weeks a year. Mm. Obviously, if you advance, you get us two and a half, three weeks mm-hmm. uh, every four years. Fresh perspective. Yeah, we are bringing a fresh set of eyes. You know, I've watched two sport. out of three games. <laughs> Same. Two out of three. That's so. a lot of games. That's a lot of games. <laughs> Do you notice, though, the pace of play? I kind of like it. It's over relatively quick. I'm into it. I'm into You know it. exactly how much it, they add that, like, five minutes, nine minutes, seven minutes. Not quite sure how they figure that I one out. I used to out, hate but... not knowing, but now it's kind of fun that nobody knows. Well, today was exhilarating, wasn't it? It was. It's yeah. like only the re- only referee Billy Williamson knows how much time's left. I'm like, what the fuck? Can you imagine <laughs> it in our ga- in our sports, like in an NBA playoffs, yeah. or the NFL playoffs? How like, about the play clock? Only guy knows is Hockley's kid. Tim <laughs> <Like>, Donaghy. <laughs> Folks, we are brought to you in part by our friends at Tito's. Tito's Handmade Vodka. Tito's, Tito's, Tito's. Uh, great week ahead. Humongous sports weekend. Humongous. It all starts Friday night. Actually, uh, it all starts Thursday with a really good Thursday night football game. Bill's Pats Thursday. Pac-12 title game is Friday night. There's a couple other title games on Friday as well. I think um, Deion Sanders, probably future Colorado coach, coaches one of his games. He'll probably bring his kid with him. Let him be the co- the quarterback at CU, John. And then USA plays at what time Pacific? 7 a.m. Pacific on Saturday? 7 a.m. Pacific, guy. 7 a.m. Ne- Netherlands. Kansas, Kansas, uh, Kansas State, a TCU championship game start at 9 a.m. Pacific. So it is a great week for Tito's Handmade Vodka. The, the dog's on the road. We got Harbaugh. We got a lot going on, baby. Bring Tito's, bring Tito's to the party, bring Tito's to your own house, bring Tito's wherever you're going. Can't recommend it enough. We love our friends at Tito's. Tito's, yeah. if, you, if you want to be like, I don't know, the guy that created the brand, Tito's Water and the Lemon. And Lemon, that's right. Tito's Water and Lemon. Um, I think a good holiday drink if you're getting ready for, uh, you know, maybe some Christmas parties or something. The Spiced Apple Cider, it's on the Tito's website. They got a bunch of stuff, but uh, you can do Spiced Apple Cider. You can buy that in a jug from Trader Joe's for like whatever, $3. You get the Reed's Trader Joe's ginger ale. That'll be another $3. Okay. So you get a four pack and you mix that with the Tito's and you get a warm ginger apple ginger. Incredible holiday drink right there. Incredible holiday drink. I, you know, me, John, I just like the ginger, the ginger Tito's. And I use that same ginger ale from, from Trader Joe's. It's very good. And uh, that's a great drink. Of course, the John Daly, always a winner. I, I I think you can find any LaCroix flavor you enjoy. That's an easy one. LaCroix pamp, Tito's. Big Pamp guy. I don't I don't mind Pamp at all. I like the color. I like the, the way the uh, box looks. And mm-hmm. I like the flavor. Tito's and Pamp. Show up at a party with some Tito's and Pamp. And uh, Pamp, your guests. <laughs> yeah. 1995, Tito Beverage, the man himself. I don't know what that means. Built his very own distillery with his own hands and his own life savings. And since then, all he's done is made the world's best vodka. 25 years since he made his first batch. It's still going strong. Distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. 40% alcohol by volume. Namely, 80 proof. Crafted to be savored responsibly. Well, you know what, guy? If you're going to have a Tito's, yeah. sometimes you need to put that with a little food. Mm. And when I say a little food, I mean butcherbox.com slash ham. Oh, and here's the thing with butcherbox. You go to butcherbox.com slash ham 
and you put together your box. And you know what? Right now, for our promo, you get you get a little thing called ground beef. Those have been known to be in tacos, make cheeseburgers, do a lot, right? Yeah. If you want to be add healthy, some, do a little. Some, my mom makes some meatloaf on Monday night. Meatloaf, taco salad, you name it. You can use it with ground beef for life. For life, oh. man. You, you, you ever been uh, to prison when they say for life? That's what have ground not. beef it just comes. I haven't either, but you know, just it's never ending until you end. Yes, Adam Sandler got his start under the uh, theory that prisoners need movies too. That was a great line. <laughs> it's a great, <laughs> and that TBS needs content. Uh, uh, if you didn't see that, Middlecuff sent me the Adam Sandler uh, speech going around the internet today. It's seven minutes. It's hilarious. Free GB for life. Free ground beef for life right now. Butcherbox.com slash ham. You get the free range organic chicken, the port, the pork raised crate free and wild caught seafood, the 100% grass fed beef. Holiday seasons made better, better and tastier with ButcherBox for a limited time. Our listeners ground beef for life. Ten bucks off the first order as well. Butcherbox.com slash ham code ham. You got to do both. Butcherbox.com slash ham code ham long long play call like it's a shanahan play call butcherbox.com slash ham code ham 10 bucks off your first box and ground beef for the life of your membership butcherbox.com butcherbox.com butcherbox slash ham code ham claim this deal in that adam sandler when he was going on the rant about one of his shitty movies making so much goddamn money that it bought his parents a house his own house his wife's parents a house and rob schneider's a house it made me think of phil savage told me when he was the gm of the browns got a contract extension the next year he got fired he bought an enormous pad where he lives in fairhope alabama and he named it learner estates because at the time the owner of the browns last name was learner i would love to be a partner with someone or whatever and get like fired something bad happened or something good happens and name my house or maybe even the gate with their initials i've always dreamed of doing something like that that's yeah. Uh, Mike Price. You remember Mike Price was the coach at Washington State, went to Alabama, got fired. Strippers. He said he was he bought like strippers on the credit card. Turned out to be false. That was not what happened. He sued Alabama. He won. He's got a huge house in court, a lake house in Coeur d'Alene that I think he calls the house that Alabama built. See, <laughs> wasn't it actually his kid at this strip joint yeah, or something? It was somehow involved. Yes. But like SI did a huge story on it and it turned out to not be true and he lost his job over it. Was that Ryan Leaf's coach? That was. Yeah, I mean, unlike Hugh Freeze, who's been accused of seven hundred things, <laughs> and he bounced back perfectly. Did, did you? Watch Everybody the, deserves second chances, John. Did you watch the former linebacker? I've never. I guess he played in the NFL for a minute. Go on his rant for a couple of minutes. How Lane would not have been a fit at Auburn because of the character and the standard in which they hold their coaches. And this guy goes to church with Hugh Freeze's daughter, and he knows that Hugh Freeze is a man of character. And I'm thinking to myself, Lane gets crushed because he has consensual relationships with younger women. Hugh Freeze literally... Isn't that even why I don't even know if most people know that. I think it's pretty well. I, I've been okay. listening to college football podcasts. They, it's, it I think Joey, in the South... Joey they, Freshwater, yeah. Yeah, in the South, they openly talk about it more, I think, than the probably us coastal elites. Uh, like, in that little world, everyone knows Lane yeah, runs yeah, around. Yeah. Yeah. Even though, like, he's doing it like these singles dating him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Hugh Freeze literally used the company phone right to go uh, escort services. 13, 13 calls to escort services, yeah. And then there was also a woman involved with the Baylor fiasco that he tried to get at in the DMs. Have you have you read well, or heard at, that part? at Liberty, there was a, um, a sexual assault um, accusation, and he DM'd the accuser several times. I think harassed her is, is her claim, and uh, which is an awful, awful... At, 
look at minimum. I mean, well, he's the head coach, right? So he, yeah, but there's, uh, I think there was like, there was somebody, some high school um, girl came forward to say that he like made her change a shirt in front of him and he administered a paddling. I don't even like what year was this high school in existence, but you freeze the guy on the, like his first year at Liberty, right? Coached the game from the uh, hospital bed. That's you freeze. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, clearly he's pretty good. Uh, one thing I always read, like in his five years at Ole Miss beat Bama twice. Like that's just enough. Like, you know, we can look past his transgressions. It's like everything I've ever read about Hugh freeze is like not the most trustworthy individual clearly can coach though. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, Bobby Petrino had a similar thing that people thought he was really good until he kind of wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but he never coached at that. He never went to like, to that level, right? Arkansas was his biggest job. Louisville was, he was very good at Louisville. Yeah. Arkansas. And what, and ultimately he, while his, you know, it was funny. He was just, you know, having a relationship with a married woman. It wasn't like Hughes list goes on a lot longer. I think part of the problem with Petrino married woman, whose husband was working, you know, in the athletics department, strength coach? the other coaches, or like <laughs> swimming or something. I don't yeah, even yeah. know. True. I mean, it's, it's, I think she worked in it. He got her a job in the athletics department. That was the other thing. We've all heard stories. I would say about pretty famous, well thought of coaches with sure. co-eds and stuff. Sure. I guess there's probably a difference. Like, are you allowed to have a relationship with a co-ed? Not not a, a a female athlete, but just a sorority girl that's twenty two. Like, is that frowned upon if you're the is it eight year old coach at USC? Definitely frowned upon. Yeah, I would say not if it became a public story, that would be a frowned upon story. But have you ever fired for that? Not if you're winning enough. You ever stumbled upon Kingsbury's girlfriend? Yes. On, on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah, I mean she's not just, a while. She's I did. Did you see the the Bosa, Bosa's girlfriend? Not happy with him, right? Not happy. She said, "You give me the silent treatment, I'll give you the silent treatment better," or something like that on TikTok. So Nick's just moved on. <laughs> like Nick Bosa giving somebody the silent treatment is the least shocking piece of news I've heard this week. <laughs> Do you see the video of Harbaugh? Then after they won, he finally comes into the locker room. They pick him up and they kind of throw him like they do it like a Jewish wedding. <laughs> They do the, the Hava Nikula. His, his smile, I mean, I've seen him several times back in the day when we first started doing this. No one, it feels like, truly enjoys not even just knowing you won. Like there's he does not like he wants to go party or it's just like that look on his face. He goes from crazy man to like crazy winner. And it might only last for three or four hours, but that Harbaugh look after a big win of just pure joy in his craziness is you never get it never gets old it never gets old i i think that a lot of coaches give good locker room speech like i've watched several of mike mcdaniel's locker room speeches you watch a lot of kyle shanahan's locker room speeches locker room speeches i think are kind of, they're hard you know it's like harbaugh's are some of the best because he is not afraid to talk like it's like he's a military general you know, yeah, he called them a room full of heroes after the game. <laughs> and with him, it works. Like, imagine Kyle Shanahan calling everybody a room full of heroes. You're like, OK, it's but Harbaugh, everyone accepts like he's just on another. He's kind of in another planet and it works. A room I think what's cool about college, unlike the NFL, you know, in the NFL, it's like Kyle's like, yo, Brandon, come here and give him a couple couple words. And then they go yeah. to like one, two, three championship in college. They do that. 
And then all of a sudden you start singing the song. It's like, who bear territory or it's a good day to be a Wolverine. And everyone's chanting and every single person in there knows it word for word. Just I saw the Arizona one after they beat Arizona, like bear that. It's like, I wish I knew this song. I want to yeah. sing along with yeah. all these songs. Yeah. Raiders locker room looked like that after the Seahawks game. Yeah. I mean, nothing like being four and seven, bro. <laughs> A uh, good week for NFL football. We've been tracking it every week now for a few weeks. Six games between teams over 500 this week, including Thursday night football, Bills and Pats, Jets, Vikings, Jets, Vikings, uh, football team Giants. They play their first of a two game series coming up. Uh, Titans, Eagles, Chiefs, Bengals, and of course, Dolphins, Niners. And Chiefs, um, Chiefs Bengals, pretty good. Chiefs, Bengals, good. All those games are good. I would say, and I'd maybe, say Gi- Giants Commanders is a good game on paper. Probably not the easiest watch. May not be, but it may just be 24 21. No, it matters. Or yeah. something, you know. Um, so I think it's a good week. Maybe I'm biased. Somebody might accuse me of that. I think I can say this with a, with a clear mind. I think Niners Dolphins is on paper right now one of the best games we have left this season. Um, that's probably not saying a lot. They're, they're both teams that people think are good, but I think part of it is you don't get this game a lot and that's part of why it's so attractive. The Mike McDaniel element, the Tyreek, the Tua, they've got stars, the uniforms. Like I think if I, if you're an eight year old kid right now, I don't know for anybody out there watching and listening who has an eight year old kid, I'd be curious who, who are your kids favorite teams? Like who do kids think are cool right now? To me, the doll, I mean, they obviously Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, those guys are you know high on the list. I I think the Dolphins would be kind of on my list if I was an eight year old kid right now. I just think they're cool, they're fun, the unis are cool, they're always playing the sun. Um, this is an awesome game. This it'd be an, an easy. Awesome I mean, it'd be once they got Tyreek, it'd be a fun team to be in in Madden, which I would say has a huge impact yeah. on who you like. Why because, Lamar Jackson has such a big? Yeah, uh, Lamar Jackson, Mahomes have to be the number one picks for kids playing Madden. I, I would imagine Miami has flown up there for as fun as the Niners' defense is. Like. Are they your number one pick and taking a Madden team? You know, that's like, probably not. Uh, you're you're right. This game, this game is fantastic, and this is it's a little bit like oil and water, right? Two opposite things. Like their offense is awesome. This defense is awesome. In theory, the Niners' offense should be sweet, but it's like they struggle to score points. You know. For a team that scored 13 last week. Yeah. Now, if you watch Kyle in the locker room, he's like, I told you guys this was coming. And Jimmy's like, I knew this type game was coming. It's like, guys, you guys can't score in the red zone. You're allowed to score more than what you predicted. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you were in position to score more points. So, yes, it was a physical game. Jimmy was getting peppered. But the Saints don't suck on defense, in fairness. No, and they got guys back. They were bringing it. But you could have scored and won the game 21 to nothing. You know, or twenty to nothing. So you weren't playing the eighty-five Bears and just like hey, we just we knew this was going to be Ray Lewis. You know, it's like come on, guys. Andy Dalton also hit a guy in the face in the end zone, Juwan Johnson, and then they had a fumble at the one-yard line. So yeah, and they also Alave uh, fumbled the ball. Where was he? Like the ten? I mean, that was pretty far down there. So they they had their moments. I I you you never as Pat Hill once said, you never apologize for winning. That was more like when Fresno State would beat New Mexico by four. So in the NFL, you covered, like we said on Sunday night, you cover anyone when you're an eight-point home favorite. That's a that's a big, huge line in the NFL. Yeah. And like we said on Sunday, it's weird because no one's super, super happy after this win, even though kind of happy, but it wasn't like, 
pumping your chest out walking to work like you see that 33 nothing beat down it's like god that thing was a little closer than it should have been but I, this team's a little bit different animal uh obviously the 49ers got some pretty bad injury news the dolphins do too i mean they're, they're banged up their, their defense is pretty bad you know and they're just not very physical on defense but that fucking offense holy cannoli it, yeah. it's not even just you, people mike mcdaniel we'll, i'm sure we'll talk about him today their offense doesn't look like like they they play like a more traditional passing offense, don't they? Like it's just kind of dropping back and let Tua kind of feels like Tua their offense that he excelled at in Alabama. He's just dropping back and pushing the ball down the field. Their offense does not parallel what I've witnessed when Mike and Kyle were together, right? In their quote unquote heyday in nineteen and at moments last year. Yeah, the irony is he's played one fewer game than Jimmy, and Jimmy has 20 more pass attempts. So they're probably around the same number of pass attempts per game. Um, he's got a couple hundred more yards than, than miss him. But he's, remember, he got he died on the field. Yeah, he he's got, played in nine, and Jimmy's he, played in. He got 10. knocked out of the one game where his neck. I guess they let him come back at halftime, right? He so got bent, he got bent over last week by the Texans too. He gets hit. Well. What's weird, I think sometimes, like when you just, if you just saw him play, like, oh, this little left-hander, I bet he can move. He's not really a mover. He's not a runner. Like, Andy Dalton turns out still, as an older age, pretty good athlete. I would say he's a much better athlete than Tua. Well, you know, Tua's not a threat to run. I wasn't really even watching Andy like that. And and my dad last night was like, you know, the, the redheaded quarterback from the Saints? He was on the Bengals, right? I was like, yeah. He's like, how old is he? Because he actually moves pretty well. I said, God, you know, I think you're right. He, he, in hindsight, I wasn't even watching him that way, you know. But Tua does, I think, kind of feel the pocket pretty well. But Andy's a threat to, like, take off for seven, eight yards, yeah. right? Yeah. They're down to Teron Armstead, Austin Jack. Austin Jackson was already hurt. Teron Armstead got hurt last week. The Texans are just a tough barometer, but. Yeah, I, I, I'll be honest. I turned that. I watched a little bit this morning. I turned it. I didn't make it past halftime. Like, the game you was. They're up 27 to nothing, guy. It was like, this thing's a joke. Well, you and you and I didn't have to watch the Texan game to know that this game just has the potential to be really fun, to be exciting. The the Dolphins can absolutely beat the Niners. Um, they and, essentially got two defensive touchdowns in that game. I know they yeah. didn't actually score defensive touchdowns. It was like fum- the one fumble. One with like the, the four-yard line. Yeah, and the one fumble that led to uh, made it 27, a dude on the Texans might have died. He was like tackled by two guys, and this guy came. I don't know how they didn't go, and the ball just pops up. I'm like, is that guy alive? We'll spare everybody if you haven't watched the game. The details. Kyle Allen started that game. <laughs> yeah, don't don't waste your time. <laughs> um, but I one thing I think one thing is interesting. Like, two was only thrown three picks this year against 19, 16 touchdowns, 19, 19, 19 touchdowns, seventy percent completion percentage. Do whatever basically. you want with it. He's PFF's number one graded passer. Um. His, num- his numbers are pretty awesome. When when you watch him, let's see, what is his his turnover-worthy play percentage, John, is, is 10th in the league, 3.8%. He has – one thing you like about watching, too, is he, he plays with, like, guts. But he makes some throws. He's a little gutsier than his arm strength, you know? Like, he will put the ball out there, and it might go to Tyreek, and it might go for 80. Or it might go to Jalen Waddle, it might go for 80. But Fred Warner might get a hand on a ball. Like, there's going to be a tip ball over the middle in this game for the Niners' defense. And this is the game where I think you you just have you have to make that play against the Dolphins. You ha- If Tua gives you one, you have to make the play. 
Because this is this is not – you're not going to be able to get away with some of the stuff they got away with against New Orleans. Well, think about who his guy was and basically his mentor, you know, his, his first year was uh, – we, we lose Haberman. Huh? He's back. Think about it. The guy that was his mentor his first year was Ryan Fitzpatrick. Now he ended up kind of, you know, supplanting him and kind of they went back and forth. But I would say Ryan Fitzpatrick has hung his hat historically on being playing like a Mahomes far when it's like you got no business. But in, in Tua, to me, when I watch Tua, and I watched a little bit of the Browns game too, and I, I've watched them play a decent amount this year. When he's in rhythm and rolling, it, it looks just because the two wide receivers are so good and their tight ends aren't bad. Like th- their offense from a passing game standpoint looks pretty potent. Now their their two wide receivers guy are are going to be a problem. But like you said, he will put the ball up there. But I think a lot of times those two guys are getting pretty wide open. Obviously, Tyreek has been getting open for seven, eight years. Do you know that Jalen Waddell broke the rookie reception record last year, breaking Anquan Bolden? 104 catches last year as a rookie. It's an NFL record. And this year he's on pace for, I would say, right around the same. So like back-to-back years. He has 160 catches in 16 games, career games. Like that's, I mean, pretty good. And Tyreek leads the league in catches. Tyreek, Who does? Tyreek Hill leads the league yeah. in catches, leads the league in yards. So he's got 87 catches, John. I kind of like the Niners matching up better against bigger wide receivers than these little elite speed guys. Yeah, that's a good call. I guess. Excuse me. Twenty. He's got a. He's got 26 career games. I was like, that doesn't add up because he played. 26 career games, about 160 catches. I mean, I, I think Jalen Waddle is, I guess if you play fantasy, you would know him. But I, I wonder if you're a Niner fan, you don't watch that much Miami Dolphins. Like, he is a really, really good player. Like, he's going to go to Pro Bowls, which makes sense, right? I mean, this is a blue chip guy that went to Alabama. Like, Tyreek has been in our vernacular, in our consciousness, because he's been on the best team for a long time. and He's been arguably their second best player. Uh, even though you could argue that Kelsey, who, as you text me, no one scores more touchdowns running at like 78%. And even Collinsworth on the broadcast, or was that, were they on Sunday Night Football? Yeah. was like, he doesn't look like he's running that fast, but he actually is. No, he actually does not look like he's running fast. He, <laughs> I, he throw, to me, he, Kittle, I mean, Kittle, Kelsey has this thing where he just knows exactly, even though he's 36 yards out, he knows exactly how much effort it's going to take to get to the goal line. And he always, there's always some guy trying to tackle him at the goal line. He's just that he always lines it up that way. Or he's, yeah, or sometimes he's just completely untouched. But in that game, he scored a touchdown at running at 80, 100%. He was definitely running at 80%. Well, does, does any guy score a touchdown more often where he's not the fastest guy? Like the guys trying to tackle him are way faster, yet he hits like multiple angles, like a, like a triangle like a half triangle yeah. where he goes one way and then he knows when he cuts it this way, you're going to go that way. And it's like, they barely touch his Jersey. It's like, how's that possible? And, uh, and yeah, so I, but back to the dolphins. I mean, they just, those, those two wide receivers Tua doesn't scare me, but they do. But I do, I do think the 49ers should be able to get after their ass up front. And, you know, you know, Tiger Woods turns out also has plantar fasciitis. Uh, it looks like Eric Armstead's going to practice this week. I, I think they, Barrel, they could use him in this game. Barrels wrote that you know he had a really good week last week. I, I guess Kyle said on the uh, was it, they do a conference call yesterday that 
you know, they thought about it last week and this week, like they, they feel pretty bullish. Now I'll believe it when I see it in terms, not that he's not eventually going to come back, but like when he actually plays, we'll have to see if he's like full go in practice, but they, they could really, you would think, you know, I, once Kinlaw eligible to come off, maybe we just chalk him up as bye-bye, but <laughs> I, I think, um, Armstead would be really valuable in this game in part because just of how big, like creating that, putting that size in front of Tua, I think would be a useful thing. Um, by the way, just looking at some of the numbers, they are, they are first and fifth in yards, Tyreek and Jalen Waddle. Tyreek has twice as many yards as Brandon Ayuk has receiving this year. Jalen Waddle has, uh, he's 37 yards away from 1,000. So this week, they could actually end up with two 1,000-yard receivers. I mean, are these guys going to end up if Tyreek gets around two and Jalen gets around 14, 15? I mean, two guys get amassing 34, 3,500 yards? Yeah, I mean, that's that's the way it's trending right now. Well, dude, you better slow them down this week. Now, one thing the Niners have done, right? They have given up pass plays. They just haven't allowed you to score. Yeah, I mean, I also think it's kind of a week for the old – Eight-minute drive, 49ers. Run the ball. Like, they got to run the ball this week, right? With? Buck Mason. McCaffrey, hopefully. We'll get to that. But Coleman Coleman gets 27 carries. Yeah. Um, because that's not, you know, like, I like to me, that creates some problems for Miami. Less possessions is good for this game. They're really good. They're just, they're, they're really fun. Tua is... I would say Miami has one of the more interesting Decembers coming up. Niners, Bills, Patriots, Chargers are four. Niners, uh, Bills, Patriots, Chargers. That that might not be the exact order of the games, but they play all these teams over the next month to end the season. Like those are, like you talk about all like the Niners and the uh, and the Dolphins are the best game this week. And I I would say you, you could argue Chiefs. And Bengals is every bit it's equal, right? Because you would say the Chiefs are probably the favorite to win the Super Bowl. And the Bengals, I mean, are kind of coming right now. But, I mean, those are two fantastic games. It feels a little different, right, when it's an NFC-AFC matchup than when it's just two NFC teams or two AFC teams, right? Yeah. Like if it was if it was Niners-Vikings, it just feels a little bit different because you could get the game again. That's right. what's kind of cool about the one-off, like, you know, Chiefs-Cowboys or Niners-Dolphins. It's just it, – it, it feels – it feels kind of special because the likelihood that it does, you know, the chances that both the teams late in the season are both going to make Super Bowls is going to be very, very difficult. And you would say that in a weird way, the Niners would be more likely, but the Dolphins are in first place in the AFC East. Like they do have the tiebreaker because, like the Niners beat in Seattle, like they have beat the Bills. Now, the Niners have a better record in Seattle, but did you know that? Like I, I didn't quite realize that till I just looked at just I just clicked standings. I was like. They technically are in first place. And now, the that could change in the AFC right now. Now, that could change right by, I mean, shit. The Bills, Tennessee wins, they lose. Well, I mean, what if Bills, you know, the Bills win Thursday night and all of a sudden there's pressure on Miami just to hold serve? Oh, you're talking about just in, in the East. Yeah. They, here's their schedule, by the way. Three straight road games starting this week. Niners, Chargers, Bills. Then they play Green Bay at home. Then they go to New England. Then they finish with the Jets at home. That's, you know, obviously the Packers suck, but if Rodgers plays, it's never just an easy game. They're that's like a really, New England. It's not. That's, a, that's a really difficult schedule, is it not? Four road games and one in New England, one in Buffalo. 
I saw a stat today on the interweb that Justin Herbert has played a total of 25 snaps with Mike Williams and Keenan Allen on the field at the same time. Wow. <laughs> Not a big Brandon Staley guy, but I, if that number, if neither one of those guys ever got hurt, I, I, the Chargers would be better. Marty says on the stream, what if Sala versus McDaniel week 18 is for the division? Not out of the realm. I mean, the Jets are seven and four. The Dolphins are eight and three. Do you, do you see the Dolphins going to Buffalo and winning that game? No, but the Dolphins play some. The Dolphins, I'd have to look. I mean, didn't they play a good game against? Maybe it was the home game against the Bills last year. Well, they they won the home game. the The Dolphins beat the Bills earlier this season. Yeah, but didn't they play a game last year that was kind of crazy? Was it in Buffalo or was it at home? I thought. I thought the I thought the last game of the season was in uh, bad weather conditions and two was pretty terrible and they got destroyed. So they got their ass kicked by my by Buffalo in the first time around. Uh, oh, they beat them twice. The second time was in October. So what, what, do you have their do you have their two thousand twenty one schedule up? Yeah. What was the week eighteen final? Who they play and what was the score? They played the Patriots and they won. Oh. Well, because then they beat the Patriots like. Oh yeah, the Dolphins last year started like one and seven, right? And that's when they stormed back and they ended. You're up going thinking nine and eight. 2020, they got beat 56 to 26 at Buffalo Week 18. Yeah, they had a chance to make the playoffs because they won 10 games that year. Yeah, they were good. Only 10 to six. Damn. I get my two uh years mixed up. In, in fairness, adding Tyreek is a huge new element, right, to their squad. They've also they also traded a first round pick midseason for Bradley Chubb, which I text a buddy on the Chiefs when that happened. I'm like, is Bradley Chubb like that guy? And you're like, ah, eh, I wouldn't put him in the tier of. Now you would argue true Shanahan disciple, John. The 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 type tier of guy, true. Those guys are never available pass rushers, right? And even if Cleo Mack was, somehow the Raiders did trade him for pick 19 and pick 22. It turns out. See, part of when you do those trades, you need one of the years to give you back like the top seven pick. Yeah, but you, but then you have to have that year, which sucks. So the Denver Broncos, oh yeah, so the Denver Broncos have the Miami Dolphins pick this year. Yeah, and the Packers don't. They got two picks for in last year's draft for Devontae. They don't have a Raiders pick, right? Yeah. Raiders are coming. Raiders Chargers, sneaky, decent game too. That's this week? Yeah, in Vegas. That is a good game. Not terrible. I'm into that. Uh, you uh, know, the Raiders are watchable every week. Yeah, they're entertaining. They play Chargers, Rams, Pats, Steelers, Niners, Chiefs. Could they get to one, two, three, four? I mean, they could be at least an eight-win team. Beat the Steelers, beat the Chargers, beat the Rams. I don't know. I watched some of that final drive. Derek, Derek did have some nice passes. The Devontae one-hander catch, the game win, game tying touchdown in the corner of the end zone of the tight end. In a hostile environment, as he said, I saw a clip. It's like, nice to get a win in a hostile environment. <laughs> I mean, they helped the Niners out. Win's a win. They played a good game. Josh Jacobs may not be available this week. Laid it, left it all on the field, John. Well, he might. They didn't think he was going to be able to play last week. Who's going to pay 
Yeah, I was thinking like, would Kyle Shanahan have paid an injured running back a lot of money? He would have like four years ago. He doesn't have the money. Who? Too many running backs. Like Josh Jacobs is a free agent. After yeah. This year. But he gets. You're saying, but he gets hurt too much for. I just sign. wonder, like, who's paying? Like, what's a market for a guy who's pr- really good? Like, really good. Like when he's on the field, he's. I've watched him a decent. Like thinking, this guy's fucking good. Yeah. But he's been banged up a lot. But how much is a good, the going rate for you know an injured but young but productive? It's weird, right? If he was a wide receiver or tight end, it'd be pretty clear you'd be getting a lot of money. If you told me he got like one year seven million, I'd believe it. If you tell me someone gives him like a fake three year contract and guarantees him fifteen, but he ain't, he ain't getting like forty. You know, I, I don't, Rams. I could see that. Yeah. Just kind of de- like need I'd a guy. To, I'd check their cap. Do you, do you see Aaron Donald's rolled his ankle? He's out. They are fucked. Yeah. Toyn says, what are you talking about? Niners love injury-prone running backs. Well, that's my thing. But he just doesn't have – they have so much capital now invested, like seven draft picks. Also, McCaffrey that includes four more draft picks. Like, they didn't have a choice. They are just stuck. Yeah. So I could see Kyle's like, let's just let's give him – Prague, sign him the check. Let's have 18 million running backs. John, we're, we're here to help most times, and um, today I'm here to share. Today I'm here to share that right now I'm wearing Tommy John underwear, oh. and I'm actually wearing a Tommy John half zip. TommyJohn.com slash ham. The Cyber Monday sale still going. Hurry. Go to TommyJohn.com slash ham. Get 33% off everything plus free shipping at TommyJohn.com slash ham. One of their biggest sales of the year. Uh, I am telling you this right now. I highly, highly, highly recommend they sent me the half zip. They sent me the joggers. Uh, they sent me a pair of the second skin mid-length boxer brief six-inch underwear, which sells for $36 a pop. But with our discount, it's 22 bucks. I put it on. I went, time to upgrade the underwear drawer. And I went back yesterday and bought several pairs of the Tommy John second skin mid-length boxer brief at six-inch length. So when you see me, what you see on the screen right here, that's what I'm rocking. You know, it's it's hard to find a good pair of comfortable joggers. Joggers. I do know that. Yes. The one they sent us, guy, <clears throat> are fantastic. The yeah, material, we got the, um, the fit. Uh, I, I, okay. I, I can't. I'm gonna order. We got the Lux, pair. the Lux French Terry is the ones oh. we got. So go right now, get 33 percent off everything plus free shipping at TommyJohn.com/slash/ham. It's one of Tommy John's biggest sales of the year. Tommy John dot com slash ham 33 percent off that is a sale guy that yep. is a sale you see a lot of 15s and 20s you get over that three mark 30 plus i, I it's stealing yep. as a shopper 10 yep. you're just you're insulting me 33 percent you're hooking me up uh great gift ideas too there um you could do a lot of you could do a lot of holiday shopping at tommyjohn.com slash ham and get something for yourself get a lot for yourself upgrade the Lux, yeah, the Lux, Lux French Terry. That's what I'm wearing right now. Do it. And I'm enjoying it very much, actually. It's got little, it's got pockets. Feeling good. Look at some of their models. You could have to have pretty good abs to get the call from Tommy John <laughs> to get on the website. Yeah, not a lot of hairy <laughs> stomachs uh, in the ads. <laughs> no. Noticing. Uh, TommyJohn.com slash ham, 33% off everything plus free shipping. Biggest sale of the year. 33% off everything plus free shipping. TommyJohn.com slash ham. See site for details. Go check it out. Butcherbox.com slash ham and another special deal. Free for a year. You get salmon, chicken breast, 
or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass fed beef, free range organic chicken, pork raised, crate free and wild caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get butcherbox.com slash ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. ButcherBox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, Promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M. Save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM. Save yourself $20. We don't even need a thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Highly recommend. All right. Speaking of running backs, John, it's Jordan Mason time. It is um, Christian McCaffrey time. Niners with another injury. And it seems like the Elijah Mitchell injury that I would say there was a little hope from the Niners that it was not going to be a season-ending MCL injury. Well, six to eight weeks is... Uh, that's about regular season ending at least. And and that's what's um, ahead for, for Elijah Mitchell. Honestly, by the time, you know, you could make the Super Bowl, it's basically miss every game until the Super Bowl. And who even knows by then, right? I mean, that's, if it's eight weeks, that's, to me, he's gone. Uh, I, I think on just an individual note, it, it really, really sucks, right? Because we talked about this the other night. He's a fantastic player. And I think part of like any time that you find a guy that late in the draft that 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 is that good, it feels even more special. Like it's one thing, like you, you draft Nick Bosa really high, or even Debo and Ayuk. Like you, you allocated a lot of resource to acquire those guys. Trade for Jimmy, second round pick, pay him one hundred twenty million. Like the expectations are pretty high. When you get a guy in the sixth round who immediately becomes your starter at a position on on a with a head coach and an offense that, that is that important. If they knew this, do you think they trade Jeff Wilson Jr. to the Dolphins? 
If, no. they knew, if I told Kyle that in a couple you? weeks, if you told Jeff, because you would say Jeff, getting rid of that Miami game, uh, Christian's going to be dinged up, and Elijah Mitchell's going to be out. But when they made that trade, right, they knew that they Christian McCaffrey has a history of being hurt, and Elijah Moore or Elijah Mitchell just came back from a torn MCL on a, in the previous season as a rookie, missed substantial time as well. So it's like you couldn't just go, well, I feel pretty good about these durable assets. You know, I mean they. They missed time. Well, I knew that. Well, they they had to know that. They just took the calculated risk. Yeah. And I think now is the question is, does the calculated risk blow up in their face? Because um, I know they're downplaying it. I To me, the knee issue with Christian McCaffrey is not something like, oh, it doesn't sound like a big deal to me. <laughs> I mean, it's like, what? I'd rather just have, you know, Debo's dealing with a quad contusion. A helmet hits him in the quad. It's black and white. Like, what? What is knee irritation? What does he have? Like an itch? I mean, what? What the fuck is that? We all follow sports long enough to know there are a lot of just pretty specific things: tight quad, tight calf, to the big things, the ACLs, the UCLs, the labrums. I'd say this one's pretty unique. Even Kinlaw's like, you know, he's got the the swelling and pain doesn't go away. I think well, his knee might not work. This one's. What does this mean? Is it tight? Is it painful? Is it, does it feel like it's going to tear? So he's hesitant like he did on that last one. Is it stiff? Because we know Mitchell's gone now. To me, the question is with McCaffrey, does he, is he 100% movement wise and just hopes it doesn't come up? Is it one of those things like arthritis? Is it kind of hit or miss? Is it, again, an itch? (laughs) What is it? Because even right when they came to the game, on Sunday, and the and the Fox camera goes well because Mason was in the game. We're like, well, where's Christian? It's like, well, he's got something on his knee, but they didn't even they didn't even know how to explain it, right? He was playing. It's not like he wasn't playing. He was playing, kind of, not yes, very uncomfortably. Which, which is, is another which, thing, which right? is very concerning for a guy who I would say makes his makes his living making guys miss and cutting. Like that's a huge part of McCaffrey's game, right? And he's just cutting. And, yeah, yeah. And at 2.9 or whatever yards per carry he was, while he wasn't very impactful in the run game, and I mentioned it the other day, I, he's still very impactful a couple times a game, just at minimum as a safety valve for Garoppolo, right? He knows where to be. He can catch. He's, he's a major part of the 49ers passing offense. And... It's one thing for him to be hurt. You'd prefer that he's available than hurt, obviously, but available but unsure what you're getting for him. That's a tough way to operate, too. You step onto the field every day going, well, should we have activated Tevin Coleman or not? Like, is Christian going to be unavailable in the third and fourth quarters and we're out there with just Buck Mason? You know, it's hard to manage a game when you go into the game not knowing if you're going to – when your rosters are so small – like, what am I getting? Am I getting four quarters of football today? Because I need it. And if I'm not going to get it, then I got to get Tevin Coleman on the field instead. Right. Well, I think I, I think tomorrow and Thursday are pretty big. Does he not practice? Because I think if Christian McCaffrey is not practicing, it might be fair to assume he might not play this week. If he's a limited participant, Debo was last week, no problem. Just ease him in, take it easy. He's a veteran player. Even though, unlike Debo, he's new to the operation, but clearly he's Stanford guy, figured it all out. If he's just not practicing, I would be like, well, they'll probably elevate 
you know, Coleman, or maybe they feel good about Ty Davis price and they'll just also rotate. And this is, you know, I hold my breath when he gets in these collisions is I, I would imagine that 19 gets a lot more carries and he, in the collisions Debo Debo. Yeah. Cause he gets in some ones where he gets bent back. Sometimes he can just get in some weird collisions. Cause he, he's got a little Tyreek Barry Sanders in him where it's like, I can make these seven guys miss. It's like, Oh, Debo just get on, just hit the ground. Well, the other thing is Debo's not available hundred percent of the time right now. Right. Like Debo's coming off the field pretty consistently to like, whatever, I don't know, get some work on his hammy or his calf or, Right, the Mexico game, they're hammering out his calf with the Theragun. This last week, he's whatever was going on with him while he was laying in the back of the end zone. Rode so the bike, like, rode the bike on the side. Yes, yeah, so like you can just look up. It's third and one, at you know you're you're in four down territory. It's a tie game, two minutes left, and like Debo just got helped off the field. Yeah. No one's questioning him. He's a war daddy, but you gotta you can run out of balance really quickly um, if your guys are not. Available now, you know. The good news is Buck Mason looked good the other day. See, to me, this is where I need like we can ride other guys, Kittle, Juwan Jennings, and those two guys catch the ball much closer to the line of scrimmage than Brandon Ayuk, let's say. And you can utilize those guys in high percentage passing because, like you said, the way to combat and neutralize a high powered offense, even if you have an elite defense. It's just to keep them off the field, control the clock. How about feed Kittle about seven, eight times? We'll give him seven, eight targets. Yeah, to me, Juwan Jennings clearly earned some more targets. He might drop some balls in, in training camp and every he does not he got, Didn't he get the most targets? Well, I'm just saying, like, keep feeding him the ball. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like they're feeding him the ball as much as they can at this point, right? Yeah, I mean, just keep – I'm cool. Just keep throwing the ball. Yeah, yeah. I am I'm, I mean, they threw the ball 37 – what, 37? Was that the number the other day? Yeah, it was high. It was um, and maybe they have to do it again. I, you know, in the end, I think there's going to be there's diminishing returns on that one with Garoppolo. It, it is the one position where if you told me Mason has a hundred yard game in December, it's believable, right? It's just the position that an undrafted free agent could just become a starter and look very, very serviceable. Mm-hmm. Now, if he became the starter, if I would have told you this on the day they trade Jeff Wilson Jr., you know, there's a game where. Buck Mason ends up starting. I know his name's Jordan Mason, but Buck Mason was was a longtime um, advertiser. That's an inside joke for those of you who might be new to the oh, podcast. Yeah, thank you for, yeah, you should say that. It's not, not like ma- yeah, we're not making fun of the guy. It's just that's what we thought about when we saw the guy's name. When they made the Jeff Wilson trade, you'd be like, well, that's a disaster because clearly the other two guys got hurt. And that's I, – I don't understand, and I know these guys say they can't become numb to it, and maybe they do, but I, again, I was only in the NFL for three years. I never became numb to injuries. Made me sick to my stomach, gave me anxiety. Because you know they're coming. You know they're coming. And a guy's when guys are laying on the ground, it's out of everyone's control. It's like, well, he could be completely fine, or he could be pool sick. He's headed to the hospital. I mean, there are some that you just know are devastating. But I, I would say the majority of injuries are just a kind of a guy lying there. You're like, was well, he okay? And yeah, and. All over football. Sometimes he gets up, shakes it off. It's like, he's going to be okay. He just kind of needs a breather. And sometimes like, that turns out to be a torn MCL, you know, or a broken hand. You remember the play a couple weeks ago when Greenlaw? And you're like, did he just break his wrist? I wouldn't say it was an innocuous hit, but it was just your classic punch out to the ball. 
but he kind of got it so flushed that it felt like it kind of jammed his wrist. You're like, oh, my God. But it turns out he was fine. But for a split second, I thought, I think he just broke his wrist. It's part of the game. And I they become numb to it. Coaches love saying, I, I just don't believe that. <laughs> you become numb to, like, random dude on special teams, whatever. It's another thing when, the, when you're a good team and the core group of your top 12-ish guys – or to me, when you make a trade, like you trade for Von Miller, you trade for Christian McCaffrey, you trade for whoever, that guy goes down. You, you want to throw up. I mean, we we went out of our way to trade future picks for this guy. And then he was everything we thought more. And that's why I think McCaffrey, I think he feels so much obligation, right? He's been on the shitty team. These guys brought him out of football irrelevancy to football, I wouldn't call it football heaven, but running back. <laughs> yeah. I mean, pretty important for his career just to get it back on track. And you could tell, like, I ain't fucking leaving this game. And that's the balance of, like, in, in a game, it's easier to, like, yeah, I'll just got to see what he's got. And then clearly they yanked him out. To yeah. me, you have a week of practice, like, Christian doesn't get to go, like, Guys, I'll figure it out. Like, no, man, you're not ready to – like, you're not going to be able to function because if you can't – if you're moving like you did on that last run play, you're hurting all of us. And we appreciate – here's the thing about McCaffrey. I think you and I text about it or maybe we talked about it after the game. The night we, – we're not questioning any toughness on the team. Like, the, the toughness is established. Everyone's good. You play on this team – your toughness you, – you're on one of the tougher, more physical teams in the league. No one – you don't need to be a tough guy. Or some like the word daddy thing is established, but you have to be healthy to do that, you know? And so it's like part of it is we just need the physical element of a guy that can run fast, right? More than like you proven like just laying on the line for us. Like, no, everyone, we got that pretty well covered here. <laughs> like all over, all these positions. That's probably because I was thinking the other day, like, how did Ambry Thomas just disappear and, and Lenore just come up? I wonder if there's just like, Lenore just kept coming, kept coming, worked, 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 and just like, this is our type guy over time, right? Yeah. Had to be something. Or maybe he's just just a simple black and white. He's just a better player. Yeah. Um, I I think with Christian, like it also hurt just one other thing you made me think. Like when it when it really feels like a stomach punch when it happens in, at the same position, like at the same time, right? Well, they both happen really quick, right? At the they s- both happen really quick. And and winning games, like the one question with Christian is, or one of the questions with Christian is, would three weeks of rest fix this issue? And if so, can you win enough games that you can afford, you know, like, can you beat the Dolphins and be eight and four and then have a little cushion where you can rest Christian McCaffrey for a couple of weeks to get him ready for the postseason? Right. Well, that was my, that was my thought last week with Debo. Yeah. Just, but it's pretty clear. I you would said, say, you guy said that, don't play him. And Kyle said, why don't we handle the ball three times on the first two possessions or whatever it was? I, in fairness to Kyle, I I would say power five and the NFL. You, that's just not a football thing. Yeah, you got to play. You might end up in a one. If you're close, like clearly deep, there's a difference of like, I can barely walk, right? And like Debo, you know, my hammy's a little tight, but I can go. Clearly he can manage it, right? To me, Debo felt like he was on a different level than Christian McCaffrey once the knee thing became a thing, right? Yeah, whatever Debo's dealing with feels like he's got at least a handle on it. Whereas the the knee for McCaffrey was like he did not trust. It felt like he didn't know what was happening and he didn't trust it. Debo did get a second injury also in the game, right? He got a thigh contusion. 
That's separate from the hamstring. So he's dealing with which is fine. The th- thigh contusion you can live yeah. with, right? I mean, I mean Jimmy's got something. I can live too. with him having a thigh contusion. Yeah. <laughs> Easy for me to say. Well, I always love it when yesterday I saw the quote of they asked Kyle, like, how's Jimmy doing? He's like, yeah, he's a little sore, but he's going to be fine. It's so easy. Like, yeah, he's sore as he like has a Diet Coke and like a sunflower seeds in his pocket. You know, he's Kyle's not alone. Like every coach says that. Like he's a little sore. There might be a chance. Like Jimmy's like, I'm in so much goddamn pain. Like obviously nothing's broke or whatever. But yeah. You guys have no, that's the worst Charlie horse you've ever felt. Multiply it by a thousand. Right. If Jimmy came in and was like, guys, I can't go Sunday. They'd be like, what are you talking about? Yeah. It's like, I'm just in a lot of pain. I don't know what you want me to tell you. Would you see some of Jimmy's quotes? He kind of called the one shot a cheap shot, but he also said, like, it was just that type of game. No way I was coming out. Like, kind of like doing his yeah. kind of Brett Farvian, you know, Elway. Like, this is, I'm built for this shit. Yeah. Which, back to what I said about the tough, no one questions. You play for this team. You're in the rotation. You're, you're a tough guy. So, to me, they're at the point now, like, they're not looking to add that. Like, they, they, they have that market cornered. They're looking, can you contribute at your position, right? That's really is the only thing that matters moving forward. Because like you said, the, the difference between being seven and five or eight and four is Grand Canyon-like gap. Because then you're you're not only eight and four. This game looked really hard next week. Like Tampa's pretty shitty. I mean, they got they got a lot of issues. And you talk about like Tua can't move. I mean, Tom at 49 years old, which weird. I feel like I'm talking to the guy almost could have won the MVP last year. He's getting a divorce, going through a lot of shit, but the Niners would be pretty heavy favorite in that game. Don't you think they're three and a half point favorite this week? What, I mean, what's the line on that thing? Six, six. Yeah. I mean, they play bucks host the saints on Monday night football, by the way, they get the bucks on a short week. They get the bucks on a short week. Yep. Bucks home game, but yeah, short week bucks. I think you'd always sign up good or bad team, right? You, the short week game, mm-hmm. you feel great about that as the team, especially the home team. And I would say this, even though I think we've watched the saints are not great. The saints and bucks have, had, have played some good games over the years and the saints just give you a physical game, right? Like the bucks are going to be coming off a physical game, cross country flight short week. Didn't they get into a, was that last year or was that this year? They got in the all out brawl was with it Mike week? Evans. Yeah, I think it was like week one or two. Yeah, he got suspended, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. So they hate each other. I mean, that's – I wouldn't quite go like a paint you boy red on site, like that level Bengal. Uh, <laughs> I see you at South Beach. <laughs> I wouldn't put it quite at the anger of Bengal Steelers because it felt like those two teams were – I guess the I guess the Saints have been pretty damn good too. It's, that could be a war zone Monday night. Yeah. <laughs> could be. Was that, was that uh, Gruden's middle linebacker? Levon, no, uh, no, it wasn't Vontaze, Vontaze? was it? No, no. I feel like it was like a DB. I'm a paint you boy, BOI on site. He was involved, though. He, I'm pretty sure he was the guy that hit Antonio. Remember, like, over the middle, killed him. Mm. A lot of people think that Antonio was never the same. Mm, interesting. But, you know, maybe Antonio was headed that way no matter what. <laughs> uh, on, the, on the stream question, does Tua being a lefty affect the pass rush for the 49ers? Seeing Bosa coming right at him. I mean, Bosa obviously pass rushes from both sides, but that is like a good nerdy football question, right? Uh, to me, you just would want to put Nick over the weak link, and if both their tackles are potentially out, 
I mean, Armstead gets hurt a lot, no matter what, but he's pretty, pretty decent when he's on the field. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I tend to think I'd love to ask a pass a quarterback's opinion. Um, I, I can actually see advantages to being in a quarterback's front side, right? In that you can create a distraction for him. You're saying coming in, in, in his eyesight. Yeah, we've always talked about the blind side as the more dangerous place to be, and for good reason. But it's I think it's also possible that just being on the front side where he sees you and can tell that if you're creating an issue that you know uh, you can distract him to some degree a little bit. Maybe there's something to be said for that. I don't know. But Bosa should – I think Bo, you know Bosa got that late-hit penalty last week I think in part because he hadn't gotten to the quarterback yet. And finally he was in space and he came flying. He came like a rocket and hit Andy, Andy Dalton was outside of the pocket and um, Nick hit him late. And I think it was because Nick hadn't gotten there. Like it felt like Nick just was getting frustrated because he should have gotten maybe a sack at some point he felt, but I think he's going to get there early in this game. One thing that they haven't done in a couple weeks is just have the moments throughout the game where they're just, overwhelming the front you know where it's not it's not just 97 it's multiple other guys nick did once that game i'm pretty sure fred warner got dalton uh he got rid of the ball but like those are you know just one-on-one pass rush or for fred an untouched pass rush to me it's like when they're in their heyday it's multiple guys are coming and the and and then the quarterback kind of freaks and to me if you can do that to tua like no one wants to hurt tua but like He's pretty small, and you fucking pepper his ass. I mean, it's just that's how you get him. You know, you got to hit little quarterbacks. Again, no one's trying to KO the guy. Kill the head, the body will die. But, I mean, they're talking about hitting this guy, which is weird because, I mean, he's like feels like he's one hit away from the season being over, which he's, would be a problem because I don't think they've lost a game when he started. He's clearly flexible. He got bent over. The play I mentioned earlier was pretty ugly looking, and he was Texans. fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there have been some questions this week about who has an advantage in the Niner Dolphin game. Mike McDaniel knows Kyle Shanahan's secrets. Kyle Shanahan knows Mike McDaniel's secrets. Um, and I think it's not just Mike. I mean, we'll see like when Mike McDaniel and Robert Sala play later this year. Uh, again, that, that's that's just a, a cool matchup. I don't think Miami has an advantage necessarily with McDaniel. I mean, if anything, the Niners defense has been going up against this offense longer than the Dolphins defense has. But there is something to be said for just having a high-level guy who knows you, not just your offense, not just your personnel, but knows you, right, on the other sideline. When you think about an assistant coach, and obviously Sala and, and McDaniel are actually more, you know, Kyle's true minions, especially Mike, than even, I mean, LaFleur went with, like, McVay, and then he went off to Vrabel, Sean McVay was with Jay Gruden and John Gruden before he was with the, you know, before and after the Shanahan's. Yeah. Mike McDaniel's entire career is literally just working right next to Kyle. You could argue nobody, definitely including Robert Sala, knows Kyle Shanahan better from a football perspective than Mike McDaniel. I think you would argue that. So when we talked about before we hit record, like, is there actually no advantage? I, I do wonder, like, can he help his defensive coordinator out? Like I know watching our defense, Kyle's going to love to do this. Kyle's going to love to do this. I mean, guy, they won. This guy's an Ivy League level, just pretty brilliant guy, clearly. But he has to know Kyle like the back of his hand. And just his 
his thought process on preparing for weaknesses in another team. So I wonder if Mike McDaniel is trying to help out his defensive coordinator a little bit, like, or maybe the, the defensive coordinator is going to him, like, what do you think Kyle would like to do? What do you, you could argue sometimes you overthink that shit, but I would say the one guy who would have an excellent, excellent feel for what Kyle wants against certain looks, against your base defenses, against a player that likes to do this, he would know it all to a T. I mean, you got a decade's worth of time with Kyle calling the plays. This guy has been his right-hand minion. But I guess it, I guess he's really grown over time, but definitely last like six, seven years with Atlanta and then through San Francisco. Uh, yeah, I guess if I was going to play devil's advocate to Kyle should know him just as well. The difference is ultimately everything that's ended up on the field has been, you know, Kyle approves it. So there could be some things that Mike has wanted to do over the years that Kyle wouldn't do. I don't know. And so clearly, Mike, I mean, I feel like his offense looks a lot different in Kyle's. Now they have different personnel, but when I watch the Dolphins, I don't see the 49ers. Do you? No, but do you? Is it? I wonder. I haven't watched them this way. I wonder if you would see the Falcons a little bit. Probably like a different version of Kyle. Like Miami just doesn't run the ball like Kyle runs the <clears> ball, <throat> right? If Kyle had a different quarterback, would he play differently? I do. I think that Kyle would play differently with. with I guess a, you're right. If we if, if we threw on like the highlights of the 16 Falcons, it probably wouldn't look exactly like Jimmy Garoppolo. No, I don't think it would. Yeah, yeah. I, that's the thing with Kyle. That's interesting. Is he's what is what is this year six? Yeah, year six. We haven't seen everything that I think he wants to be. I think a more dynamic quarterback, and he will open up the offense. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, maybe there's something to that, that just like Mike as a head coach. Kyle knows Mike McDaniel, but he does not know Mike McDaniel, the head coach. He has not coached with that guy before. True. So maybe there's a little something different there. But I also think like Fred Warner, Nick Bosa, D'Amico Ryans, these guys have coached against Kyle and Mike, right? The Dolphins defense has not practiced against Kyle Shanahan. They've practiced for half a season or a season plus or a season against Mike McDaniel. Right, but like that defensive staff has doesn't have years of coaching against Kyle Shanahan in practice, so that's where I think it's a little different. Now, Jeff Wilson is he going to play? <laughs> I mean, that's the irony to our conversation earlier. He got hurt. Raheem Mostert was hurt, did not play, while Raheem's blasting the 49ers. But uh, you know, he I saw he came out. I think he went out with Papa. Wasn't the whole quote? I got misquoted. His quotes, I I even thought in paper read like, yeah, he's just talking about his own team. You know, I I didn't take it. Now, some of the stuff about his knee injury is separate yeah, from him yeah. talking about Tua, him talking about Tyreek, and him talking about the talent. Yeah, but but this is always the message I would t- – if I was like, uh, you know, the media trainer for a football team. It's like, guys, it doesn't matter what you meant. Sometimes it doesn't even matter exactly what you said. If you open the door for them to interpret it a certain way, that's your fault, right? Maybe Mike's like, hey, bro. You do know this defense, they're killing people every week. Let's just let's let's come out and do a little yeah, yeah. Hey, Raheem, a minute, take a, take a ball. Fred Warner, best fucking player I've ever seen, man. <laughs> that Hufunga guy didn't play with him. Uh, but I would have loved to. He's 20 a lot of respect for 29. Again, never played with him. He could play with me any day of the week. Also, they love Jimmy, right? If they love if like if you're talking about even if you're not criticizing a guy that the other team really respects and likes. Then it's just what why would be my if I was Mike McDaniel I'd say why are you trying to what what is well, the he's, end he's helping out uh, Tyler Dunn do a sweet little piece well that's cool that is cool that's journalism baby go long but 
TD. But my question would be why? Like, you don't get this a lot in NFL games. Two random teams who never play each other, and all of a sudden there's some bulletin board material? Why? He done knew what he was doing. Yeah. Probably, talk, probably talked to him like a month ago. <laughs> he wasn't even thinking about it. You know, you as yeah, a player, yeah, you're just yeah, kind of yeah, week yeah. to week. You're like, shit, we're playing them, huh? Oh, my God. I'm not even. Yeah, and he's out. Because I, I bet Raheem Mostert would never have, like, talked shit about, like, the Patriots scheme, right? Or teams in his division. He wouldn't yeah. have said anything about Buffalo. What, I, I um, do wonder some stuff out of sight, out of mind. I, I, I would never do. Are you going to put this in print or audio only? I would demand yeah, audio, audio, video only. YouTube live, unedited. What is uh, what is Kyle's tree, the record this year? Dolphins well, have, what, eight wins? And the Jets, the Jets have seven? We count as true, true tree, like just the guys from the 49ers, or do you, do you add LaFleur and, and, and Sean? They, they, <laughs> no, they, no, no, no. <laughs> the, the, the updated tree, John. Yeah. The updated tree uh, is uh, Jet Seven Miami. Yeah, so it's fifteen and seven for those two guys. They've had pretty un- incredible years. I mean, for him to get two at a nineteen and three. Yeah, we're up- and I would we're, say for Robert, we're updating his tree. <laughs> <laughs> I would say Robert Salas had probably. I don't know how ballsy it is. I mean, the guy was horrendous, but he did bench his number two overall quarterback and make him the third string quarterback. That's. Like I said last week, unprecedented. Yeah, there's bench, and then there's deactivate. <laughs> he deactivated him. Needs a breather. So, like, my question is, does he? did he get a breather, and now he gets to be the backup, or does he just maintain being the third-string quarterback? Like, that's going to be something interesting to watch. Like, does the guy battle back? And like, we talk about the this the other court? day. Who is the Jets' second, the other quarterback? Uh, uh, elite, Flacco. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, but I mean, there are games when Flacco hasn't. I mean, obviously, they haven't been dressing three quarterbacks. You should be allowed to do it. Very stupid. No, he's then- great. He's just great at this. I mean, he's clearly a descending player arrow down, but nobody climbs the pocket quite like Matty Ice. I bet Kyle Shanahan just watches sometimes and like gets a hard on like, oh, my God, I just love that pocket. Oh, that three steps up in the pocket. Then the ball skips because he doesn't have a good arm. But just that going back and then going forward as like T.J. Watt's coming around, it's just – it is a thing of beauty. I think quarterback never really like, climb. Oh. No, he just kind of jumps around. He, well, no, Jimmy flat foots it. Just look, 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 spray. Matt Ryan does like what you were taught in the 90s, you know, the three-step and like working together up. It's like climbing like a ladder. Yeah, it's almost. But you have to take like a seven step drop to get up that far. It almost. It's like what is Matt Ryan's best attribute? Climbing in the pocket. Well, throwing out. No, just the climbing in the pocket. <laughs> uh, and then and then D'Amico. You know, it feels like Robert has has solidified himself. Mike McDaniel's got a lot of rope in Miami, and uh, and D'Amico is, you know, clearly next. So, but Shanahan's do you think D'Amico? Do you straight. think D'Amico is a lock? head coach in 2022? Because no. when you start looking at the jobs, like Denver can't go with a first-time head coach, right? They're, I would imagine, no. want to go with some experience. Uh, who are the other jobs? I, I guess Carolina would be one that, you know, you get a guy with NFL pedigree, a younger guy, just kind of high-level guy, culture yep. guy. Um, but but their problem has been their quarterback play. Houston? Right? They're going to have back-to-back one-and-dones? I know. Um well, the quarterback play in Carolina, it's not like they have a guy that they need to help save, right? It'd be one thing like, to me, Trevor Lawrence, 
the Jags needed to hire a quarterback coach, right? The Panthers don't even have a quarterback. So whatever. But that's been their problem. Like they've been I know, but let's just defense. get to respectability. But you and, can't do that without a quarterback. Right, but you you draft you, maybe it brings Jimmy with him. True. Uh or Trey. <laughs> um New Orleans, would they do it? Would they switch? They they wouldn't go defensive coach, probably. I would doubt it. Oh, we determine Arizona can't can't do it, or could they? honestly though that would make some sense in division. You heard all these good things. Maybe he just can talk to Kyler, former player, like mm-hmm. won't deal with the bullshit. Doesn't feel like Kyler would give a shit whether his coach was Bill Walsh or D'Amico Ryan. Like I don't think he's changing. So I mean, but. I think that makes a lo- logis- uh, logically a lot of sense. Former player, high-level guy, but defensive tough guy. So it's not like Kyler can punk him. He's way bigger than Kyler, right? But but that's not. I'm mean, you're not shoving him, or whatever, but I'm just I'm just saying like, like there is an intimidation factor. Like, do you think Kyler and Mike Vrabel would get along? You know, in some ways, you're right. Like a defensive coach like Vrabel or D'Amico, Kyler can't. Like they're not gonna like part of the deal. It feels like Kyler thinks he knows what plays should be called better than Cliff. Well, think about the one year where you just heard good things. Lincoln is a sneaky, no nonsense guy. Yeah, like he he wasn't screaming at Lincoln Riley that year, was he? No, it was all kind of kumbaya. Wasn't rich yet either. Well, but not this rich. They were, they were, not this know. rich. No, Chargers got to go offensive coach. Yeah, but they should have hired Mike McDaniel. Could you trade D'Amico and a couple of players for Herbert to the Chargers? <laughs> Khalil Herbert? Would you trade D'Amico and Fred Warner for Justin Herbert? Yes. Yeah, I would too. Keep going. I mean... <laughs> Debo Samuel? Yeah. <laughs> Keep listening, guys. And Fred and D'Amico? Yes. That's an easy trade. Yeah, I'd do that too. Hufunga? Yes. Hufunga. I, it wouldn't be easy. I, That's he'd right, be the John one. Of line, John. No, John no, fucking Ufunga. It's me. If Ufunga goes, I go. <laughs> if Ufunga goes, I go. Yeah. I'm telling you, the Clay Helton USC guys all over every single game I ever watch. There's a guy from his team making plays. I mean, the Saint Brown, the Saint Brown on the Lions is a stud. Yeah. Let me um pull something up here. This was from um, the Packers, like a local Packers show, you know, in Green Bay. Players, a couple players show up. Can't quite, I didn't quite, wasn't clear to me what show it was. But Devondre Campbell is one of the Packers linebackers. Very good. He was an all pro last year. All pro, not a pro bowler, an all pro. And they're talking about Jordan Love, obviously. And see if you can hear what he says here. He's a starting quarterback. Okay, there we go. Yeah, no question. He's better than a lot of quarterbacks in this, a lot of starting quarterbacks. He's better than a lot of starting quarterbacks in this league. He's a starting quarterback. That's what he said about Jordan Love. I mean, seven throws. I know you were giving me a hard time before we started. you, You almost can't even say anything about a guy after seven throws. But after Jordan Love's first throw, John. I thought he just looks different. He looks decisive. His his uh, uh, mechanics look clean. The ball looks good coming out of his hands. He just I, my takeaway watching the Packers the other night was I hope Aaron doesn't come back against the Bears 
because I I really want to just watch more Jordan Love and figure out if 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 there's something here. But I think there's enough to wonder: is there something here? And then you hear the players talk about them like, yeah, there's something here. Um, maybe it's working. Maybe redshirting their first round quarterback is going to work out for them. I am the for the first time optimistic after watching him the other day that they might have something with Jordan Love. One thing I remember Roger saying a long time ago about why he thought Jordan Love took a huge step this offseason was he just honed in on his fundamentals. Something that I think, you know, Trey Lance, just fundamental football, like footwork, arm angles, right, or release, just the basic parts of football. And I think part of the reason why you probably liked him, and most people did, obviously he has a powerful arm. He looks good walking out to the huddle. He's tall, long, linear, 10. He looked like a quarterback. And then you watch the move and the ball coming out of his hand. Pretty, I mean, he had an explosive arm. What would you think? You scout well, anytime you, you have an explosive arm, anytime you have an explosive arm and you can move a little bit, you look sweet. Like you just, like if Tua had an arm like five more mile an hour on his passes, we would be like, this guy's like the next Steve Young. Even though Steve Young ironically didn't even have that big, you know what? I just think yeah. when you have a powerful arm, you are so much more intriguing as a player to a fan or anyone sitting to a scout to a front office. Uh, so I hear you. He was physically gifted when he was drafted in the first round because his remember his year at Utah State was not good. No, his year before was good. Now, part of the reason he Richard is he has been up behind for two years the MVP of the league. And then this year, the guy's got $150 million. So he was redshirting for a reason. Aaron Rodgers like playing. He's been, doesn't it feel like he's been redshirting for four years or five years? It's, this is only year three. It, it does. I mean, are, like maybe they could trade him. Now, Rodgers, I, I wonder if they knew. I guess they would have known the results when he says, like, I'm playing this week to McAfee. I, I wonder if you're the Patriots or, excuse me, the Packers. If you do feel pretty good about him, could you showcase him and flip him, or would you not do that and just you'd keep him no matter what? I don't think there's a chance you would do that. You, you got a first him round pick. You got. I don't think you would do it. You got him to follow a specific formula. If you think he's going to be good, the formula's working. You're going to pay him two million dollars or whatever next year. You're going to pick up his fifth year option this off season. You've got him for two more years, and your team's not good right now. Aaron's hurt right now. Um. So the end is coming with Aaron. I mean, we all know it. When it happens, got delayed a little bit because he eventually resigned with you. But if you think you got something, never there. If you think you got something, there is no. You wouldn't trade him for anything because you just saw they just they've had two quarterbacks since what 1994. What was Favre's first year? Like they, if they got a 90, shot at 93, going 93, I think they, they got a one. shot then maybe at going like three different quarterbacks from 1993 to 2033. You don't trade that for three ones. If you think you got something, I think he's a good example. If he becomes a good player, one day takes over it. Let's say they do end up flipping him, and he becomes a good starting quarterback that you can improve like greatly without playing like kind of like old school. When we were kids in the eighties and nineties style, like you would just sit and learn. It was like, yeah, John Kitt is going to start. Carson Palmer was the number one overall pick. No-brainer Heisman Trophy. You're going to sit for a year. Even people then was like, that's kind of crazy. And he was like NFL ready. And that used to happen, obviously. I mean, Steve Young barely played for like seven years. So to me, like Zach Wilson's a good example. 
let's say he doesn't play again. It doesn't mean he can't keep improving at practice. And let's say he's not, they, they have open competition this offseason. Like, it's on you, buddy. Now, the thing with Trey Lance is like, Trey hasn't been practicing. He has a shattered ankle. Now he is walking around. Like, you do have to, we often say you got to play to get better, which is 100% true. We've said it about Trey a lot. Yeah. Before you can play, though, you got to practice because that's all you can do. And those reps are pretty. Because I, I do wonder if part of you, as like Jordan Love, once you use the offseason and everything to hone in on your basic fundamentals and really lock into like, I, I'm going to master that. I mean, Peyton Manning worked through like footwork drills till the day you retire, and he approached that like he was a first year player. But then when you get to go to the scout team quarterback, it's weird, right? In the NFL, like your backup quarterback usually is just over on the other side of the field <laughs> while, while the starter gets all the reps. You do probably get to find out a lot about yourself, right? Like your arm strength against better, you know, for non in the play, like, hey, make sure you throw this to Jair Alexander. But I'm like, run this play, try to complete it on Jair Alexander and, and, and Savage, right? Two guys were invested a lot of money into and starting two good players in theory. I think Alexander's had a bad year. And I, I wonder if you're able to kind of hone your craft. If you are a very talented, like some guys just are maximized, right? Like, what's his name? Chase Daniel over there. But clearly, the one thing you would say about Jordan Love is, <clears throat> I would say the three polarizing guys, Fields has probably got out of it a little, but he's going to be polarizing until he like wins games. Like, he's doing all the shit. He's still losing the games. Zach Wilson and Trey Lance, like all this talent and physical ability, like, can you figure it out? Like, this guy, similar vein, a little bit more off the radar, smaller school at Utah State, but the physical attributes are there. And it just felt like, God, I mean, this is this is what you look for when I kind of get the physical attributes with a draft pick. Now, Zach was two, Trey was three, Fields was whatever, 11. This guy was the 27th pick. If he becomes a starter for a long, that's, a, that's an incredible pick. It is. Yeah. And it was I, the other guy in that video was another defensive player. And they were saying basically, like, we go, we play against this guy in practice and we think he's really good. Um, and it's easy to say that when the starter is Aaron Rodgers, right? When the starter is Aaron Rodgers, nobody goes, oh, quarterback controversy. Oh, do the guys like Jordan Love more? You know, the starter for the Niners is Jimmy Garoppolo. They drafted Jordan Love because they just thought it was value. He fell in their lap and they were right. They rightfully knew Aaron might try to leave them and they were right. They're right. But Aaron it, tried to get out of there. It's happened before though. Backups have been cultivated into longtime good starters. I think Matt Schaub did it when he was Michael Vick backup was traded to the Texans. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is a good example. Now these were second round picks, not first round picks though. I mean, at the end of the day, what's the difference between 27 and pick 40? I mean, they're all kind of in the same ballpark of, Magnus on a draft board, right? It's not like you're getting like a, you're viewing like some top guy that could have gone in the top eight and you're getting it 28 or 38. But <clears throat> you have seen guys get drafted in kind of that realm and go on to be longtime starting quarterbacks and not play. Like Matt Schaub didn't play unless Michael, unless I have to look, Michael Vick got hurt, but he was his backup. Obviously, Jimmy got the game and a half when Tom was suspended. But other than that, Jimmy wasn't playing. Sometimes, like, you draft these guys right in the second or third round, and they just, because your team sucks or you don't have a quarterback, they just win the job, like Derek or Russell Wilson or whatever. But a lot of times, like, like Desmond Ritter is a good example. Like, who's saying a couple years, like, he doesn't turn out to just be, like, a solid starter for seven, eight years. Or just more than likely, he's just going to be a long-time backup. <clears throat> but Jordan Love, if it wasn't for the Packers, probably does end up going pick 38. 
and he was just in the Jimmy situation, right? Yeah. He would have played by now, maybe, and maybe it would have been not good enough. You know, like, like there are people who play in the NFL that I've talked to that think, yeah, if Aaron had gone to the Browns or if Aaron had, had to play right away, it wouldn't have played out the way it's played out for Aaron Rodgers. And maybe the same could be said for Jordan Love. And maybe Trey's life would have been easier if he was backing up Aaron Rodgers and not taking a job that people, myself included, you included, thought he should just go get like right away. You know, I would say that's not the healthiest thing thing for a guy that needs time on a winning team. I, I think we saw that this yeah, year, right? Yeah. We've we've acknowledged that. By the way, this means I I was just quick Jordan Love refresher. You remember where he's from, where he went to high school? Uh Los Angeles. He's from Bakersfield, Liberty High School. His freshman year at Utah State was 2016. This means that Fresno State passed on Josh Allen and Jordan Love in back to back years. <laughs> What are we doing? Josh Allen, actually actually three years, because you passed on Josh Allen coming out of high school, then you passed on him coming out of Reedley Junior College, and then the next year, Jordan Love goes from Bakersfield to... Uh, so are you saying there's a chance they could have gone Carr, Allen, Love, Hainer? <laughs> yeah. Instead, they just went Carr, Randos, Hainer? McMarion. Remember, that guy won him a conference title a few years ago. I don't know if he really resonates like those other Not guys. Not the same way. No, no. But now, like if you told me Trey Lance rolled out in a year and looked if the first seven throws, he looked like Jordan Love looked the other night. And I know someone said in the comments, it's true. It's like the Eagles are playing with a two score lead. It's it's not the preseason, but it's also this is why I want to see Jordan Love play a full game. But well, the touchdown I, pass guy hit a slant and the guy took it 70 yards. I understand. But I just I thought he looked extremely comfortable I and agree. decisive, comfortable and decisive and accurate he was throwing bullets on the nose that was one of the things remember it was like yeah he's a little inaccurate well he looked he looked like a different player did you see the smile i know you did because i text you but anyone listen to this the smile on the floor's face after the watson touchdown and he had just thrown a couple balls and it looked like god damn he looked better than rogers Lafleur looked like his kid just brought back a report card and it was all A pluses. He's like, my kid's gonna go to Harvard. It LaFleur's the, the joy on his face was just like, Oh, I am gonna get so much goddamn credit. I dare Rogers to retire. <laughs> well, I actually had on deck ready in my uh in my Twitter drafts a photo of Elijah Moore from early in the day when he was doing this, the press conference after the Jets game with the sunglasses. And it was just, you know, something gonna be like, you know, Matt LaFleur after he turns Jordan Love into a starting quarterback. Um but it didn't transpire because the Eagles could were running it at like seven yards a clip. The NFL needs to do a better job of obviously trades have gotten way more fast and furious in the league with the, I think the, the influx of younger general managers, I think owners are just, everyone's so rich. Like, yeah, let's just let it rip. You know, it, people just to make these big contracts more tradable, like part yeah. of like Aaron Rodgers, like there's no discussion of, well, we'll, no, Aaron Rodgers is not really a tradable player. Look, well, at least his- eliminate maybe the dead money doesn't go away for a cut. But yeah, I don't know. So- some way to make trading big contracts easier. Because teams will will do it, but the trading like I think I think the the Green Bay Packers would entertain it. Like if if you could just get out like you could an NBA contract. Like I could just trade Aaron Rodgers to the 49ers for a first round pick which they don't have. But if they did, right? 
they would, I'm sure, who knows, let's say they win five games. Fuck it. Let's just do a little reset, make Jordan Love, use our two first-round picks, try to reset this thing. But it's not even possible. Like Russell's a bad example because he would have he'd be the opposite. Like the team would love to trade him. They'll even eat the dead cap, but they're not a soul would take him. To me, that's there is not a bigger lock offseason story of Russell grinding, of Russell doing everything possible, of Russell implementing some new pliability stuff, of Russell taking the boys to the Bahamas, to New York, to Florida, wherever to train. To that, that's going to be exhausting. And, and you know what? People are like, well, we've seen it before. Weird year. Is he going to bounce back? Because it would be, if he just has another year like this, it would be one of the craziest drop-offs in the league history. He's just, I mean, every universally everyone agrees, like, that's just a bad player. He went from yeah. just being this all-time great player to just being terrible. Like, yeah. guys have bad years or whatever. He's just He's consistently that without an, without an injury, right? Without a significant, like, structural knee injury, back injury. Yeah, his elbow broke, couldn't throw. Yeah. He's just terrible. You just can't see open receivers anymore. My thing is, like, okay, we can all agree Nathaniel Hackett is going to be one and done. He shouldn't have been a head coach. There is still just an element of football when the dude's seven yards away from Russell and Russell's throwing it over his head or what. Like, yeah. that's that's a little bizarre. Like, I, I'm not putting that on Nathaniel Hackett. That The guy 18 yards away that Russell's entire career has hit that guy in his color jersey is skipping it to his legs or is hitting the DB or he's not even in the butt. Guys. Or he's calling audibles. Yeah. His whole team. By the way, did you see Deshaun Kaiser's story about Aaron Rodgers today on the internet? Uh, the former Notre Dame guy? Yeah, he said uh he said one day in the meeting Aaron came up to him and just said, You believe in nine eleven? He was like, uh, what? Do you believe in nine eleven? And then Aaron was like, You should read up on it and let me know what you think. And Deshaun was saying, like, you know, Aaron just wanted me to do a thought exercise and come back and just have a conversation. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> you imagine being like the QB coach or the OC who's like watching this. And you just you can't say anything because you're not going to undermine Aaron, but like you're watching Aaron try to like indoctrinate or lead this young quarterback. You're like, oh my god, Aaron thinks he's opening this guy's brain. This guy just wants to fucking learn some offense. My question was something like that specifically. Let's say Aaron is a nine eleven denier. How could you possibly corral that many people and everyone get in on it? and fake everyone that's not in New York out that it didn't like, how, how's it humanly possible? Like, cause clearly, I mean, I, I haven't read the theories, so I, I guess they, I guess I think the basic theory, somebody would tell me if I'm wrong, obviously is that we did it to ourselves. We intentionally did it. Oh, he, he believes it happened. He just, that we yeah, not it. that it didn't happen. Just that, 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 that the oh, United gotcha. States did it on purpose to itself. Yeah. But again, I haven't dive and dive down that, um, Okay, I, maybe I was just thinking conspiracy theorists Alex Jones believe like that stuff doesn't happen. It's all fake. Right, right. You know? Holocaust denier or Sandy Hook denier. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 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 speaking of denials, uh, how about this transition? Rich Scangarello denied access to the Kentucky football building. Uh, fired. You told me how much he how much is left on his contract? Well, I just clicked on the football people, scoop I, link. A lot of people, we got tagged. I opened Twitter. I was tagged with seven tweets, seven people saying, you know, Scangarello. Either 2.2 or 2.6. He's definitely owed over $2 million. Three-year contract, averaging probably, 
one two with probably every year one two to one four to one six whatever the math is uh they owe him a shitload of money i i can't emphasize this enough i've been paid one time to go away for about three months and it wasn't i mean we were making whatever 80 grand to do radio but just getting checks yeah i think uh, last year when we were canned It wasn't a bad gig. No, but it was $80,000. It was a great, it was a good gig. But getting paid three months, they owed us on the contract or whatever. And the way the payments happen, like every two weeks or maybe it was once a month. And just watching Matt Rule talk about being owed $40 million. And Scangarello, that's, I guess, a lot less than $40 million, but it's still multiple millions of dollars. Like you do not have to work. Like if you are at all, just like, I need to take a deep breath. Think how many humans like need to take a deep breath, but just most of us, you got to keep working because you just money has to come in because you got fucking money going out, all these expenses, right? Family, house, whatever. I don't think these guys, they're so numb to football. Like even Matt Rule is like, I just missed having a whistle. Like, you really didn't miss it that much? $40 million. He's like, I could have played golf every day in Charlotte. Well, again, you can't just play, you're 50 years old, play golf the rest of your life, but. You could maybe do it for like six I, months or at least just there was no crazy off- how these guys jump back. I, I, how did Matt rule miss out on money? There wasn't just offset. Well, no, he, but his point was like, I was getting paid no matter what. If I just wanted to ch- do TV for a couple years and figure things out, I was owed $40 million. Right. So like, I, I think I read that they backloaded the Nebraska deal. So like over that time, Nebraska's paying him twenty eight of the forty. So gotcha. Depper's still on the hook for a little bit. So he's still making his money. Just like there are offset. If someone hires Scangarello, you know whatever his position is, you have to pay him like the going rate. Like that's a huge rule in football. That so if Scangarello, like Belichick's king of this and Saban's king of this. Now I could make him an offensive analyst, and the going rate on that might be a hundred grand. So I'm paying a guy hundred grand. Kentucky's paying the other million dollars. But if, I, if I'm if i an NFL team and hire Scangarello to be my quarterback coach, if the going rate in the NFL or the average rate is $750,000, I can't pay Rich Scangarello $85,000 and have them compensate the other amount. But I just, you know, I, I just think I got a lot of respect for these football guys that all they know is football. Like, that's a lot of money, guys. I know Matt Rule knows that, but I don't know if he quite knows it. You just kind of become jaded. You're just football. You spend but, but so much on, time at the office. He's not losing any money. No, I know, but he's still working. He didn't have to work. Oh, he but he just... wants to coach football. He wants to. But the football would have been there in a year. I think being the boss is just so addicting. Clearly. I think running your show is just really addicting. Has to be. And you're going to walk out 80,000 people. Like He's going to walk into a bigger stadium than the one he just coached in, right? But ultimately, these jobs, he even said, I, I watched some of this press conference, He, because someone asked him, like, were you offered other college jobs? He was like, you know, not making this about myself or to toot my own horn or be a big ego guy. I'm saying this for recruiting. I want everyone to know how much I wanted to be here. But yes, I was offered several other head coaching jobs. So it's like, well, I bet Auburn offered them, but ASU offered them. Like, it's pretty easy to like. I mean, there's only four or five jobs that would Matt yeah, Rule would have tried. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, he's like, I don't want to toot my own horn here. I'm saying this for recruits. This is where I wanted to be. But yes, I was offered Wisconsin, three jobs. Possibly. They open at Minnesota next year. Nebraska does. PJ Fleck, Matt Rule. 
Actually, he doesn't play a home game till week three because then he goes to Colorado. So Matt Rule will be facing off with Dion week two. That's a sweet matchup. You're right, though. I mean, being the head honcho, in I mean, Lincoln, Nebraska ain't a small place. Like, he's the most important person there right now. It's probably more addictive. Now, if you're rich, like, are you just going to take a receiver job for 350 grand? Or do you just take a deep breath? That's where coaches say you get forgotten about quick. And also think about this. Like, it's not like he's coming, he's coming off losing. He probably just wants to fucking get the bad taste that like he just goes to the Panthers. Like, I gotta get that, I gotta get my get the bad taste out of my mouth, get my get, get my respect back. Like, he's been getting his ass kicked, right? So you gotta get to work. I gotta get to work, fix this thing. Most people work their whole life to try to make a lot of money, though. Not football it, coaches. Not football coaches. I know. That's well, why I'm just saying they're a different breed. Assistant coaches do. Assistant coaches are working for that job. Yeah. I just hope his wife's spending it. Sometimes these guys make so much money. It's to be like one of those things where it's like, could you spend $100 million in an hour? Like, ah! You know, that's what some of these jobs are like. I know. So much money. What are you doing with this money? Well, he's been and he's been making a lot of money, right? Since Baylor wasn't like five years ago, paying him seven million dollars. Wasn't that the thing? A lot of money. No state income tax there, so he's banked a lot of cash. I just want to coach ball. You know when he got the Temple job, he was the assistant O line coach. Not even the O line coach. The assistant O line coach for the Giants. So maybe how do you know somebody? Well, he had been the offensive coordinator there for four years before. Oh. So he didn't basically, he went from being Temple's OC for a while, went one year with the Giants, and then they must have fired the guy, and obviously he just jumped back. So maybe he just goes, well, before I was the head coach, the job I had, I answered to a position coach. So I'm never leaving this shit. Yeah. What else you got? I feel like there was other stuff today, but I didn't write it down. Yes. So that might be it. <laughs> USA, baby. All she wrote. Uh, big weekend. Big week. We'll have uh, some more insight coming. And we got a few more things to get to with the Dolphins Niner game. It's a big picture stuff. And um, yeah, maybe Coach Prime will be uh, at Colorado by Thursday. Doubt it, but I think it's he's going to coach. I think he's going to coach his game this week, and then they make the, the the portal opens on Monday, John. The transfer portal opens on Monday. That's why Liner tweeted, transfer portal about to be lit. How many guys last year? Wasn't it was a record? I mean, it's only been around a couple. At SC? No, I just he just meant like in the country. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, remember SC was like I don't know what it was like ninety percent of their. They only signed a couple high school guys. It's gonna be crazy. I bet you know who will be in there. DJ Ungule. DJ, yeah. Uh, I, the think, Texas, I think his Texas, time in Clemson is over. One of the Texas quarterbacks already went in, Hudson Card. Uh, Harbaugh's backup went in. Who was their starter McNamara, last year? Aid McNamara. Yeah. Jonathan Smith got to get one of these guys, man. I think I, I – like, I, I get yeah, there's I more – I know there's more NIL money somewhere else and all that kind of shit, but here's what you get with Jonathan Smith, friend of the show. You get creative offensive coach. You get a run game. You're going to get an offensive line. He always has like at least one just kind of quick, speedy receiver. He knows how to get him open. You get a team that plays defense. You're going to play in just a couple. You're going to play Oregon on a big stage. You're going to play UW. 
I haven't looked at, I don't know how the schedule breaks, but you, you know, you play SC, like you're going to play in enough big games that you feel like I'm over here. I'm tucked into the Pacific Northwest. Nobody's going to see me. No, like you're going to play some big games. Like you're going to have a chance to have a game that everyone's going to see. So yeah, I mean, it's an investment in yourself. I, 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 a lot of guys go a lot of places and just flame out and get nothing. And Jonathan Smith gives you everything that a quarterback would want. He just happens to be in Corvallis. But I think so. I, one of these guys who's like, I want to be. Well, is, is, or, is Oregon going to be looking for a quarterback? Will they take yeah, him? Yeah, I think they'll look. Yeah, well, yeah they'll be, is Cam rise is rising of is rising and is going to the NFL? Is he done? Uh, yeah, I think this is his last year at Utah. So would would they be uh, looking for a quarterback? Like is is Chip going to be looking for a quarterback? Like there are going to be a lot of Pac-12 yeah. teams looking I mean, for quarterbacks, right? Chip's got Ethan Garbers on his team. Jason's who, brother. Oh no, Cam Rising's got another year of eligibility okay. if he wants to come back. Um, I think U Dub will be looking for a quarterback. Although they yeah. will see, they've got the my guy Kenny the, Dillingham here the, looking for a quarterback. Kenny Dillingham's looking for a quarterback. My guy Kenny Dillingham's looking for a quarterback. Do you uh, know him? Just I've interact. I've DM with him a couple times. I mean, Saban's losing a quarterback. You never know. Ohio State's losing a quarterback. You never they, know. They got the Heward kid at U Dub, but we'll see. I guess Penix. Somebody told me Penix would come back. I don't think that's true. But he'll be a first-round pick, pick. at least a second-round pick. A lot of teams looking for quarterbacks. I just think you don't know, though. Like, for example, I thought Spencer Rattler sucked. I mean, it was terrible. He went to South Carolina, which is usually they suck, right? All of a sudden, he goes there. They're 8-4, and knocking off like Clemson, beating – who they beat someone the week – oh, they beat Tennessee. I mean, Spencer Rattler smoking cigars, you know? (laughs) I saw the cigar smoke. But he was—he threw like nine touchdowns in back-to-back two weeks. He's—he had an incredible—he beat Clemson. Did you see the coach after the game on the field in the interview, Shane Beamer, talking shit about Jesse Palmer? Did I love Jesse Palmer? I'm like, well, yeah, every, whatever. Okay, what? He's like Jesse was saying that Clemson's trying to like, I guess, what do he say? That Clemson needed to like they have a needed big they needed a, a big game to to make a statement. Yeah, doesn't make his statement wrong, but that was cool. Yeah, it's got to feel pretty good. That was cool. All right, everybody. Thanks for hanging with us. We will uh, see you soon on the YouTube, on the uh, podcast streets. Subscribe, like, share with your friends. Adios. Georgia needs a quarterback. Stetson comes back for a second.